This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. You're listening to Rams Talk Podcast. The home of Derby County Hello, 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 and welcome to Rams Talk Reaction, episode 36. We're here recording just after the World Cup final. Um, congratulations to Argentina. What a final it was as well. Um, there was a hat-trick hero today, and we're going to be talking about a hat-trick hero of yesterday too. But first, quick introduction. Uh, we've got two of the normal lads here today, and we've also got Corey from Rams Review Podcast. Um, first off, Corey, how are you doing? Jake, Jamie, Callum, thanks for having me on the show, Jake. I'm really well, trying to recover from that epic final. Um, the only thing that popped into my mind is maybe Kylian Mbappe was watching David McGoldrick yesterday on how to get a hat trick in a big game. Um, but uh, no, absolutely fantastic final. Those are the games that you live for. Um, and that's going to be a game that's going to live long in the memory, um, uh, for me at least. Um, and just excited to be with you guys today to talk about the win yesterday as well for, for Darby. Great stuff, great stuff. And yeah, it was a good final. And I can't lie, I kind of forgot about the Derby game yesterday when we came to record. So hopefully we can, uh, we can all remember a little bit of what happened. Uh, Jamie Page, how are you doing, Paul? Yeah, I'm good. Got a bit of a hangover. I went out last night with the, uh, the football <laughs> lot. So um, don't know what time I actually made it home, but I made it home. But yeah, quite intoxicated. So feel a little bit tired now. Um, but yeah, we'll see how we, we go. I've got the, uh, got the caffeine, so should be fine. <laughs> nights out at your age as well i know yeah <laughs> <laughs> and last but certainly not least callum bucock how are you mate 
I'm all good, pal. I had a staff Christmas party, so I'm uh, I'm probably about the same level as Jamie, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> good, good job I had the cup final there to, to wake me up a little bit. Yeah, it certainly certainly wake me up. It was a it was a ridiculous game, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, as we mentioned before, I mean, it, it's got to be the first thing we talk about, isn't it? You know, four 0 win. We've beaten Forest Green. We've beaten Forest uh, deforestation. I'm sure I'll have called the episode something along the lines of that. Um, one man scored a hat trick. It's the second hat trick of the season. Corey, just how good has David McGoldrick been so far this season? Yeah, he's been fantastic. I think it's his, what, second hat-trick in 50 days or something like that, and he hadn't scored one in his senior career before. And, you know, we need players like that to be able to uh, to ride their coattails through through periods of the season. You're going to have to have and, and rely on those kind of players, and that's why we brought a player of David McGoldrick's quality in. We know the kind of goal scorer that he, he has been in his career. We know that he's been in the championship for a long time. We know he's been in the Premier League. He's got international caps, and to be able to get him, we all said this, you know, when we were able to sign him in summer, I was really excited. I was like, this guy, um, this guy's going to be a difference maker for this league. And, you know, yeah, he's what, 34, 35 years old, seems old, but I'm around that age myself. <clears throat> so, uh, and I'm not David McGoldrick, but um, he's fantastic. And I think the we have to continue to ride his hot hand for as long as what we can, because we've seen how Derby have struggled for goals in the recent past. We know what a, what a slog it can be in this league if you're not getting goals and how depressing it is. Um, and so I think, you know, to go in there and, and, you know, I think Paul Warren said it yesterday. I don't think Derby played at their best, but they ran out four nil winners and I'll take that every day of the week. Um, and you know, yet you just need to ride those kind of players for as long as what you can. And David McGoldrick is absent on an absolute tear at the moment. And hopefully long may that continue because we need his goals um, to, to continue to push. We're in the playoffs now, continue to push and see how high we can get up. Um, and it's also aptly good timing right before the January transfer window to, to see um, where we're at as a squad and, and, and really take a bit of a bit of a moment here between the Forest Green game and the Bolton game, um, which is not on Boxing Day, oddly enough. Thank you, Sky. Um, but, uh, you know, gives us an opportunity to sit back, assess the squad, see where we're really at under the cold light of day and then go into that January transfer window and hopefully make a few moves that can push us a little bit further up the table and solidify a playoff position or solidify automatic promotion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ex literally exactly that. Um, I mean, Jamie, Corey's spoken about McGoldrick there. You know, we need to use him as much as we can. He's obviously getting close to the end of his career, but as we've seen today in the world cup final, 35 year olds can make the difference when they're needed. Um, how important is it that he stays fit? I mean, he's he's on seven goals for the season now in the league. Uh, that's level with Collins. So we've got two strikers banging form as well. Uh, as a, yeah, how important is it that he keeps us going? Yeah, it's important. We need to make sure that um, yeah we don't lose him for for any period of time. We want to see him kind of playing week in week out and as much as possible. And I think. The worry is that you go, can he, we've said it before on the podcast, can he go, you know, Tuesday, Saturday or, or wherever the kind of schedule is. But at the moment, he looks like he can do it. Um, I think he knows his own body. And I think the beautiful thing about him is where you see other players kind of on the decline because, you know, the speed goes or the legs go. With him, he's just so technically good. I think he probably could play for us for another five years, honestly. Five? Um, I reckon so, yeah. Get, give him the contracts. Give him what he wants. <laughs> Rio Ferdinand, kind of give him the contract. Um, so, yeah, 
it's really important. Um, maybe we'll see Warren kind of go into the market and get a bit of depth there. I, I listened back to the, the episode last week and, and know that you kind of touched on Asula and, um, and and Dobbin potentially going back. So maybe, you know, someone kind of comes in and, and can chip in with those goals. But I think both of them are, are fantastic options. And just watching David McGoldrick, I think we're we're so, so lucky to be able to have McGoldrick playing for Derby County because um, he's, a, he's a class act, isn't he? Yeah, he's brilliant. Uh, there were a couple of occasions yesterday. There's one in particular um, where he picked the ball up inside his own half and probably beat five or six players and he, he rolled it through the guy's legs at the end. It's it's We've not had players that could do that for quite some time you know we've had players that are skillful we've had players that you know are effective but we've not had anyone with the sheer class that McGoldrick has so to to have him in league one is unbelievable uh and Callum to get onto his goals I mean the first goal is a poacher's finish great work from Max Bird who we'll get onto later the second goal I mean Jason Knight does really well to give him the ball but the turn and the finish was superb wasn't it yeah I mean there was a I think it was on uh highlights there was a an angle behind the goal where you kind of saw him drop the shoulder and drew the defender in and then just rolls it onto his uh onto his uh, other foot and just completely takes the defender out of the picture and then puts it square straight into the other far corner and it's like like you said just that touch of quality which we haven't had in what two three seasons since obviously going through all the mire that we went through and I just think that uh, we've been crying out for experience, but not just experience in terms of age, but experience in terms of quality. Um, and I think when we went down to League One, we were worried that would we have that? Um, obviously, with all the circumstances of uh, not being able to sign anyone and pay transfer fees and the fact we picked him up on a free um, and he's doing what he's doing. And like you said, two strikers in form is exactly what we need to maintain that obviously promotion push going into January. Have you changed the shirt that's behind you today? I change it every week. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm surprised you haven't really noticed. <laughs> for, for audio listeners, uh, Callum has a, a habit of just hanging shirts up behind him on the wall to cover up uh, some some nice baby... Are they baby pictures? Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Photos that won't see the light of Twitter. <laughs> he hides them every week. And I've just noticed, yeah, it's a different shirt to last week, <laughs> which is funny. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, we need players that are experienced playing at a good level. And, and Corey's mentioned it already, hasn't he? He's played internationally. Uh, I know we've got a few players that are experienced internationally, but it, it's when you've got a player that's got both they've got that experience and they've mm. got that ability and class and quality to go with it it is special isn't it and uh yeah let's let's hope he keeps up this form although if he keeps heading the ball like he did for that third goal uh might be a bit concerned <laughs> because that was that was probably the best shoulder of a ball i've uh, i've seen since balotelli but a player that we've we've referenced already um he set up that second goal from a goldrick jason knight uh, it's always a big talking point, isn't it, Jason Knight? He's clearly quality. Um, I think he's fallen into the trap of being a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Corey, he came on. He made a huge difference. Obviously, as we've mentioned about 10 times already, set up that McGoldrick goal. I mean, how important is it that Knight comes in and where does he fit? Again, Jake, it, it's, it's a player with international quality that we, we've seen from Jason Knight and Ireland seem to pick him and, and play him quite a bit. Um, and because he's a homegrown player, he's always going to be loved a lot more by the fans, but I'm always a big fan of Jason Knight because 
he never he never hides. He always works hard. He's a box to box midfielder. We've seen this for for years. And yeah, unfortunately, he can play multiple positions, which is an unfortunate thing sometimes when you have shortcomings in a team such as Darby at the moment. You can't you, you kind of got to piecemeal him together. But the one thing that that never lacks for form is work rate. Um, and he's always going to give 110%. And I think in this division, you have to have a player like Jason Knight that's willing to know his role. I don't think he's particularly happy playing it right back. I don't think he's particularly happy sitting on the bench, but I do think he's particularly happy winning games with Darby. Um, we even thought there was a period of time where he didn't think he would play in league one because he thought it would hurt his Ireland chances. But having a player that kind of knows his role, doesn't necessarily accept his role, but knows his role, knows that he's going to get minutes, knows that he's going to get game time, and then knows that when he comes in, he has the opportunity to make an impact and put himself into either a shop window for January, a shop window in July, or into the manager's thinking of this guy needs to play games all the time for 90 minutes because he's got the engine, he's got the work rate that we need. You're having a player in Jason Knight that's willing to do the dirty work. He doesn't shirk from his responsibilities. Positionally is sound, and it will work his absolute socks off. And I think when you have players like that, that can kind of cover for the elderly legs of David McGoldrick at 34, right? I mean, the thing was, two things about David McGoldrick. One, the two balls against Torquay, not goals, but they were like the best passage you'll see this season. But when you have someone like David McGoldrick who's playing 90 minutes week in and week out, and like Jamie said, we can't afford David McGoldrick to get hurt at the moment. We can't afford James Collins to get hurt at the moment. We know that they're pushing the north side of 30. But you have to have a player in there that can do that kind of work rate, that can get back and defend late in games, that can go back and do the work thing. And I think if you bring Jason Knight on, it allows David McGoldrick, it, it could even allow him 10 or 15 minutes where he doesn't necessarily have to track back all the time. Yes, track back. I'm not saying you're just cherry picking up there behind the end of the defenders, but you're having Jason Knight going around and doing that kind of like headless chicken, chicken running sometimes to close a ball down or chasing a lost cause that can lead to something. And I think that's going to help the veteran players and save their legs a little bit. So yeah, you're not subbing off David McGoldrick, but he's getting a 20 minute rest because Jason Knight is doing the work of half a man um, in there as well. And I think it's, it's unfortunate really that Jason Knight plays the only position will plays a position at Derby where really it's the only part that we've been, we've had depth in for like the three years that Jason Knight has been there. We have had no strikers for years. We've had no defenders for years. We've had no fullbacks for years, but we've always had, We've had no wide players for years. We've had no goalkeeper for years. But we've always had center midfielders, which is Jason Knight's best position, and that's the unfortunate thing for him. Um, and, you know, the midfield's playing well right now. So all Jason Knight can do is continue to, to do what he's doing, continue to try to force his way into the plans, and continue to keep his work rate up because that work rate is the one thing that will never drop in form and is the one thing that you can always – I can turn and say, I need you to go and give me an hour's worth of work in half an hour. I mean, look back at Leicester when they won the Premier League title a few years ago. They had Okazaki came on and he knew that he was only going to play half an hour. He knew this, but he did. He knew that in that half an hour, he was going to put in 90 minutes of work. And the guy came on and he ran around like a maniac for nine, for 30 minutes and look where they got to. And you need players like that in your squads. I'm sure he's not happy, um, but you know, you have you needs must at the moment and his work rate is what's going to get him through. That's what Jason Knight is quote unquote famous for in, in these parts. Yeah, yeah. I think my biggest taking from that, Corey, is that Jason Knight probably should have got a running goal. Um, <laughs> to be honest, Jake, he wouldn't have done any worse than some of the people we ran out of. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. I just very quickly wanted to ask all of you, um, if you had to pick a position for Knight to play and a player that you had to take out for Jason Knight, 
Uh, we'll start with you, Jamie. Uh, who would it be? I'll go a bit, well, I don't know if it's rogue, but I'd play him, um, I'd put him in for Bart Cousin. So I'd drop Bart Cousin and, and put him there on the left. Um, I think exactly what Corey's just said there is is right. He's going to give us everything in that position. And, you know, watching that McGoldrick goal yesterday, that is the area you want Jason Knight in. You know, I think we need to get him further up the pitch. Let's let's get some assists, let's get some goals. And, um, yeah, I, I need to see him starting. I can't see Jason Knight on the bench. But then again, I can't see Curtis Davis on the bench. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How have you managed to shoehorn him into this conversation? We're, we're not, yeah, I'm not going to go down that, um, yeah, go down that avenue. Not, he, wants another, he wants another Twitter clip, that's what he wants. He does, yeah, he, he, it, yeah. does. <laughs> he does, it's shocking, it's shocking. And yeah, anyone that didn't see the uh, the reaction to the Twitter clip where Jamie was saying Dave should come straight back in, um, yeah, it's quite funny actually. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, uh, very quickly then, Callum and Corey, if you could just say, Number one position, number two play your drop. Go on, Callum, you go first. Um, a position, I think, uh, where he came on in that number. I actually quite like that number ten in the midfield three. Uh, dropping, um, that would probably have to mean I'd drop one of the wingers. So yeah, probably Barkhausen. So, so yeah, I'll probably do this similar, but I'll put him in midfield three. Ooh, if he's played at a ten. Sorry, I know it's differently. If he's played at a ten, and you've got. Mendes, Mendes Lang. You've got what McGoldrick and Collins in front of them. Yes, yeah, so it'd yeah. be the three at the back. Um, that Paul one's probably going to take us down. To be yeah. honest, we all know yeah. it's going down that, and uh, and he's doing that workhorse rate just in the middle. So I've just put him in the, in the middle of yeah. Cor- on a and Bird. No, makes sense. Makes sense, Corey. I'd take out Connor Hurricane. Um, I think you need the width with Barkhausen and Mendes Lang to get balls in the box. That's where you're going to get a lot of your goals from, especially with someone like Collins. And we see David McGoldrick's poacher instincts as well. Hurahane, I think, has not necessarily been the player that we thought he would be. It doesn't mean that he's been he's been a bit off color, which is still pretty good at this level for, for a player of his quality. But Jason's night engine in there in that midfield to get box to box, to go and cover the center halves um, and drop deep when, you know, kind of the fullbacks bomb on or, or something like that. I can. I just. I just want him playing beside Max Bird in the center midfield. I think they're um, the way that they've played together for for several years now. Um, they know each other quite well. They're going to know each other's games, and I think that's going to going to help. Mm. Mm. Big calls, big calls. I think. What to about be honest, you, Jake? Yeah, I was yeah, going to say. I, I, you, yeah. If I think if we're playing the same system, same formation, I think Barcades would have to be the one. Um, we saw yesterday Mendes Lang uh, swapping with Barquez and a lot. They swap wings quite a lot. I don't think Jason Knight's the best on the left, but he can operate quite well on the right. Um, and Mendes Lang can play pretty well either side, although he's obviously also better on the right. So if you had a system where those two were constantly swapping, I think I think we'd probably get the best out of both of them. Um, but yeah, that's just my thoughts. And it, it leads very nicely into the next conversation style, which I've got here. Mendes Lang... He wasn't expected to start. Um, obviously, he came on against Burton. He was heavily strapped up. Um, he played in some weird, unorthodox striker position. He looked like he couldn't run. He starts the game. He scores the first goal, Jamie. And he's, he makes a huge difference for us, doesn't he? He does, yeah. And I think down the years, we've we've had players of his kind of ilk that have come in and just naturally found a home. You know, you think of the likes of Tom Ince, Jordan Ibe, who I can't believe is not even playing football now. He's been, I think he was released a couple of months ago from a Turkish 
second division side, mm. which is just which is just crazy. But um, yeah, I, I think players just come and and they feel at home. Maybe it's the fans, maybe it's supportive management. I, I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, he's he's brilliant. And, and to be honest, I think he's proven a lot of people wrong, including myself, because I thought potentially when he came in, maybe played with injuries, maybe came in with a little bit of a bad boy kind of image as well, uh, rightly or wrongly, but, you know, settled down. I think he's such a key player in this team. So as we've said with McGoldrick, keeping him fit, we've got to keep Mendes Lang fit. Um, there's a there's a few different components. If we are going to chase down those top two or even kind of solidify a, a playoff place, we need a lot of people to uh, to stay fit and healthy. And I think he's probably at the moment, yeah, the most the most valuable player for us, I'd say. Yeah, I, I completely agree, mate. Um, and Caleb, I mean, we, we saw, didn't we, in, in the games where he was missing and even in the Burton game where he only played a bit of a bit part role. When we have other players playing in those wide positions, we don't look anywhere near as dangerous, do we? We've not got any other players that can really beat a man. I think down the outside as well. I, th- I think that's something that Mendes Lang is good at. I think it's probably because he's about 12 feet wide, so no one can get rounds him when he's running down the line. But... Uh, Jamie's mentioned there how important he is. Um, do you agree? And uh, what were your thoughts about his goal yesterday? Well, you mentioned 12 feet wide in that squad photo. I didn't realise he was how ripped he was. Like um, <laughs> when uh, when obviously we had his top on, I was like Jesus. Um, but um, but no, you are right. He's he just brings that outlet of pure, just pure pace. And in League One, that is so vital. Um, the amount of times we were like uh, Wildsmith was just throwing it out to him and it, it was already a counter-attack on. I just felt that yesterday um, we just had so much intent in our attack and he was fundamental to that. Um, and you're right, yeah, going down the outside. Um, it always looks like he's quite obvious going to go down the outside with the, obviously it's that one step over and then goes to go yeah. and then one step over and then he just knocks it past them. It's probably the most, if you did that in six side, you'll get tackled half the time, but he's just got that <laughs> haste and he's got that... Uh, um, physicality that um, he just gets there and that finish that he did for obviously his own goal um, was quality on, on I believe a weaker foot on his left foot mm. so um, so yeah so I think uh, I agree with uh, Jamie spot on that he is one of our most volatile players and if we can keep him fit going into the back end of the season I think he'll be key to see, obviously go with Damon Goldrick going forward yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree, and yeah, I love him. He's a he's a lovely bloke as well, isn't he? From from what we've seen on social media and uh, the interviews and stuff like that. Um, I just wish I could afford to get his name on my shirt. That's all I'll say. Because <laughs> yeah, it probably cost you about a grand to get every single initial of that on the back. Um, but Corey, uh, something we spoke about a little bit before we started recording was the fact that we didn't actually play that well. I mean, I can't remember many 4-0 wins that Derby have had in general, let alone when we've played badly or, or not well, sorry. Um, what did you make to the overall performance? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously I'm not going to disagree with Paul Warren and say we played fantastic, but I think when you're winning games and you're winning games 4-0 and you're not playing well, I think that's stands you in a good stead. Now, for me, the jury's still out on Paul Warren. I talked to you a little bit about that uh, in our in our little messages, Jake, and, and things like that, and that's a topic for another time. But um, it, it's it's it stands you in good stead when you're winning games and you're not playing well. Four nil is pretty convincing. I mean, if I look at the newspaper and I see four nil, I guess the internet because no one looks at newspapers anymore. <laughs> Again, showing my age, it's close to David Golder. Um, 
you'd look at that and you'd go, wow, four nil, they really wiped the floor with Forrest Green. But, you know, important, we continue to keep the, the, the winning run and the unbeaten run going. We're going into a crucial, in, into a crucial period. Um, we've got Bolton coming up next that's been moved. And then after that, we've got the transfer window. So if we can get to the transfer window where hopefully we can get a few players in, um, maybe a few players leave as well, rejangle that squad and kind of Paul Warren's um, image and how he envisions this this team and this club being rebuilt, I think will be fantastic. But you can't argue with a 4-0 win. Um, and you, even if you're not playing well, I don't care. I've had enough of Derby County trying to win games only when we play well. We've seen that for years. It's like, well, we're not playing well today, so we'll just take, we'll just lose this one and then chalk it up to we just didn't play well. It sounds like Sometimes, every February. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, let's get through February, and if we're doing this, this is fantastic because if we're not playing well and we're in a 4-0, we're going to get promoted. I mean, that that's the thing today. I mean, you look at the World Cup final. France didn't necessarily play well for the first part of the game, you know, for the first 70-odd minutes. They got took it to penalties. They didn't necessarily play well against England but they still won the game. And at the end of the day, they got to the World Cup final and England didn't. And England played better than them on the day, didn't score the goals. So what are they doing? They're sitting down watching the World Cup final, same as the, the three of us gens or four of us gens. And, you know, so I think, you know, you've just got to continue to win these games. This this is a game that um, we, we got to win. the. We, we just have to keep winning, have to keep these games going. And winning breeds winning. It breeds confidence in the team. And like Paul Warren said when he first took over, with Darby or flying, people are going to look at our bench warmers and say – Hey, I'll take a punt on them. I'll I'll give you a bit of money for them because they can't get in this Derby team that's doing well. We're in the playoffs. That's a marker. The next marker is, I mean, obviously Peterborough got called off as well, so that was kind of like our what do you say, our game in hand um, thing as well. So I think we continue to do this. We continue to play well. Let's get to the January transfer window, and that for me is the first kind of marker of the season. You take a step back, you breathe a little bit. Cool. Let's see what we can do in this window, and then kind of just take it game by game and month by month and week by week as much as we can. But not playing well and winning 4-0, that's fantastic. I'll take that every day of the week. And I will echo what Jamie and, and Callum said as well. Nathaniel Mendes-Lang is our best player. He's been our best player all season. And we cannot afford, out of anybody in this squad, we have to have Nathaniel Mendes-Lang fit and firing. We do. We really do. Um, although you can't forget David Mbappe. Uh, <laughs> I think uh... Kylian Mbappe has pictures of David McGoldrick on his on his ceiling as he lays back in bed. <laughs> I think he does. And yeah, let's hope we can keep this momentum up. I think if we play badly and win every game 4-0 for the rest of the season, it'll be a, a good one to, to watch. I mean, I'd be uh... quite happy if we played like crap every game. And won every game four nil. I'd be I'd be pretty happy. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I, I don't I don't care if it's I don't care. I like winning. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, and and Jamie, um, a player that's surprised everyone a little bit this season, uh, Louis Simply. I mean, I thought he, he didn't have the best starts of the season. You know, he, he had a couple of bright spells um, or bright games, and then a couple of dodgy games. He's coming at left back recently. Um, uh, yesterday, he was absolutely superb. Uh, mm. Who saw this coming? And do you think he's actually becoming a little bit of an established fullback? Yeah, strange, isn't it? Because if you, uh, I mean, we, we talked at the start of the season and we were talking about Sibley definitely getting that 10 position and, you know, not being in Ravel Morrison's or um, Tom Lawrence's kind of shadow and it would be a kind of a breakout season. So, yeah, I think with some players, you, you know, um, Smith, you can kind of see him going to, to kind of right back because he's not like an expressive midfield player. Um, 
but yeah, Sibley at left back is just it's strange and it's gets it's still taking a lot of getting used to. I think the Liverpool game, we were there. Um, it was maybe his kind of like this is this is you kind of thing, this is your moment. Um and I think since then he's been he's been great. Obviously got um player of the month as well. So his confidence is uh, is really good. I think he's he's grown into that position. Um and he's also maturing a bit. I think we're seeing a different Louis Sibley. Um I think there's opportunities where he could get involved in, you know, putting his head in and uh and, and getting, you know, get involved in the nastiness of, of the game, which he's done previously, mistiming tackles, cheap bookings and, and sometimes being a bit of a liability. But yeah, he was he was fantastic yesterday. But what do we do? I think Paul Warren's gonna have a, a situation because there's going to probably be right back, left backs that are going to be available on loan, or maybe previous acquaintances that you know will be knocking on this door saying, "Yeah, I fancy coming to to Derby and playing in front of you know twenty or thousand. So, do we stick with him, or or do we do we kind of you know try and get somebody else in? I think for me, I'd keep him there, um, but it would be Smith on the right that I'd I'd potentially bring somebody in for. So, wouldn't say comfortable just yet. Ask me in a couple of weeks. <laughs> and we definitely will. You know I will. Um, and honestly, it's almost like you knew the next banner that I was going to put up uh, because the next banner is January signings. And you've mentioned there, obviously, Sibley is a bit of a square peg in a round hole, even if he is playing well. And same with Corey Smith. Callum, if you're going to pick one position, I mean, we've apparently already got one signing lined up, ready to come through the door. Um, if you're going to pick one position, uh, I won't put, I won't make you pick a player because I know how tough that is. But yeah, pick a position. Where would you want us to strengthen? I was I was hoping that you didn't pick, say pick a player because otherwise I'd be head of recruitment for Derby now. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think uh, position, I would go right back uh, still. Um, I think I've echoed it a couple of times uh, on, on the pod. And uh, I just think that um, we have... Um, left backs in the building, um, although the one that's still going absolutely strong at the moment is not a left back. Uh, we've got Hayden Roberts and Forsyth that are there on the bench if we need them. Right back, you've got Corey Smith, and then what behind him, uh, Quacko Duro, and, and 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 stuff like that. And obviously, at the moment, he seems really out of favour. So, um, going forwards, I think that um, having just a a natural right back or a right wing back, especially if he wants to go into that three and, and or five at the back, um, is is my main one. And uh, and I think he'll look at both fullback positions. To be honest, I think uh, I, do, I do think we are quite light in both of them. Uh, I don't think I I can't see Sibley staying there permanently for me. No, no, neither can I. Um, and I think to be honest, if we're going to sign anyone, it'll either a be a loan, and we'd obviously need to free up a loan spot. Um, or B, be a player that a team don't want. Um, one that was mentioned, I just have to check on my phone there because I couldn't remember his name. I know he plays for Borough. Uh, is Darnell Fisher. He's he's not played a game for, for Borough this season. He plays that wing-back role. Um, and yeah, I know a lot of people before the season even started said that he'd be you know a good guy to come through the door. And yeah, he can play in that, that right-back or right-wing-back role. So yeah, I, I think you're right, Callum. I think right-wing-back's probably the most important one. Um, but yeah, I think a left back wouldn't go amiss either because I think we're we're lacking in a bit of depth. I think everywhere else, maybe another winger. I think we're probably looking all right. Well, I just um, I just look at the um, we we attacked and utilised that left hand side so well, um, and obviously Sibley was part of that working with Barkhausen. Fully enough, considering we were we're, we're all praising um, 
Nathaniel Mendes Lang's performance yesterday. I thought Barkas and Sibley did really, really well together. Um, I just think we need a, a right back or right wing back of a Nathan Byrne ilk um, to just give that balance on both sides. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I think any depth in any position as well is is probably welcome to to give us a bit more balance because yeah, the second we get a couple of injuries, we'll be we'll be right up there. So. Right, last thing on Derby before we get on to having a little chat about Bolton. Um, Max Bird, he gets a lot of criticism, doesn't he? He does get a lot of criticism. And I, I personally think that's quite unwarranted. I think if you sat there at the ground and watched Max Bird play and watched him control the game, it's the little touches. Um, not in any way am I comparing him to Messi here, but the, the commentators earlier during the World Cup final were talking about you know, some of the other appreciated stuff he does where he picks it up in tight areas and, and finds other players. And that's Bird's forte. He gets us out from the back and he gets it to the forward players. And he even chipped in with an assist yesterday. Got really unlucky with the volley. I mean, Corey, uh, he's, he's a good player, isn't he, Max Bird? And I think going forward, he's going to be really key for us in this running. Yeah, and it's been unfortunate that Max Bird's kind of ascendancy to this team has been on the downward spiral. Um, of the football club in, in recent years, right? We've we've been struggling, and so Max Bird has been kind of thrust into the limelight, always one of those players that you can say, yeah, you know, could we get somebody better um, in that position? But I think coming to drop down a division and things like that, I think he's starting to show his quality. Um, he's starting to show that he can he can boss a game in midfield. Um, he's he's spraying balls as kind of a deep-lying playmaker, which is, which is something that's kind of evolving in the modern game. Um, and he is really grown leaps and bounds. We've seen him captain the team on numerous times and things like that. But I think, you know, he's, he's been helped by the kind of the drop down in the division, but he's also helped with um, the fact that he doesn't have that he's, he's being allowed to play there week in and week out and continue to grow. And you're going to get good spurts of young players and bad spurts. And I think, unfortunately, because I think he is under a lot of pressure, Jake, like I said, because the team was doing a, poorly for the last two seasons, give or take, give or take the odd occasion, right? I think we can all generally agree with the last two seasons have been pretty crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been playing week in and week out. So he's a very easy person to target because is he someone that gets goals? No. Is he someone that flies into tackles and breaks up play like a madman? No. Is he a traditional like workhorse, like a Jason Knight running box to box, all energetic? No. So then you could sit there and you could go, why is he kind of in the team and things like that? But again, He's picking that ball up off the center halves and off the things, and he's that kind of pivot in midfield to try to break those lines to get the ball into the final third, and that's something that we need. And he seems very cool and composed and calm on the ball, and he seems very mature for his young age, which has come with the fact that he's played a lot of games for this football club. So I think sometimes he is unfairly targeted. I'll hold my hand up, and I'm not the biggest Max Bird fan in the world, but credit where credit's due. He's playing well. Um, And – you see, we even talked about who would Jason Knight come for in midfield, and none of the four of us said that he would come in for Max Bird. And mm. I think if you'd asked us all that question 18 months ago, we'd have been like, yeah, definitely Max Bird can get out this team. Jason Knight can come in. We've got Connor Harahan. You know, but we never mentioned that because Max Bird is a solid player in this team. Is he great? Not by any stretch of the imagination. Is he crap? Not by any stretch of the imagination. He's one of our better players, and he's somebody that's that's key to the way that this team is um, is playing right now. And I mean, I don't think anyone's going to come in for him for January. So I think we'll be able to keep hold of him. Um, but he's going to be a key player for us as we progress forward this season, next season, and probably the season beyond. Let's hope so. And let's hope he sticks around because obviously if he keeps playing the way he's playing, there's going to be teams in the championship looking at him. 
I think the the biggest thing I can say for Max Bird is every manager that we've had in charge picks him. So I, I think that tells its own it's story. It's the same thing, Jake. Kind of... What you've just said there with that point is the same thing with Craig Forsyth. If Forsyth was crap, how come he gets picked by 15 different county managers That's... that we've had? You know, you know what I mean? But it's just, you, what you said there is the key point. Max Bird has had four or five different Derby managers and he keeps getting picked in the team. So he must be doing something right because Kaku, Lampard, whoever else we had last season, Rossini or Rooney, and now Paul Warren, like they all obviously rate him because he's obviously playing and they played him in tough games when we were struggling. They played him in good games when we were doing well. So they must see something in him in there. And that that's probably the best compliment that, that he can get as a player. Yeah, yeah, and Craig Forsyth is one of the greatest players to ever wear the black and white shirts. So, I completely agree with you. I was just <laughs> Callum, ask, what were you going to say? I was, yeah, I was just going to ask uh, you, you through where in say the next two three years. Do you see? Obviously, I think Davis will won't be uh, club captain in the next two three years. Um, but it's um, do you see him as a, the club captain in two three years, or do you see him higher up in the divisions, or do you see him sticking with Derby? <sighs> I'd hope he'd stay. And to be honest, if he keeps performing the way he is with the captain's armband on and you can see all the players love him, I can't see why not. Mm. I don't know what the rest of you think. He's going to be staying because we're going to be in the Premier League. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Jamie, go on. That's fine. I think if we don't get promoted this year, um, I think he'll stay around for another season. That's my prediction. Um, And then if we don't go up that that season, then I think he'll go. But I think... uh, yeah, we'll, there'll be rumours, I think, circulating come January with him, with Sibley. Um, you know, normal kind of championship clubs, Birmingham, Coventry, all, all probably sniffing around. Because, yeah, like we've said, he just looks so good. When when we're ticking, he looks he looks like he's having fun out there, I think. I think that's probably the best thing I can, I can say. So, yeah, let's hope we keep him. And, and yeah, I think he's... he's he could be club captain for the next 10 years. So let's hope so, mate. Let's hope so. Uh, and very quickly before we finish then. Um, so Bolton, I've just been having a look through the form. It, it's quite patchy, actually. Uh, they they never seem to draw, really. They just seem to either win or lose, which is quite interesting, considering we're the draw specialists. Um, they've just beaten Exeter 2-0. What I want is a very, very quick score prediction from all of you. And first goal scorer. So, Corey, we'll start with you. Derby's going to win this game and continue to keep their great streak going. I'm going to say um, it's at Bolton, so they'll score, but we'll win 2 1. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, Jamie. 1 1. I'll go for and I'll take I'll take a draw. Who's scoring? I will say. McGoldrick again. McGoldrick. Good call. Uh, Callum? Uh, I'll go 1-0 win and I will go Collins. 1-0 Collins. I think I'm going to go with you, Callum. I'm also going to say 1-0 away. Smash and grab in front of 5,000 Derby fans. It's going to be brilliant. Um, So, yeah. Good predictions, guys. And everyone, thank you very much for listening or watching or however you like to to see the programme. Um, wish you a, a very happy Christmas unless we decide to do a Christmas special and then that will be one where I really wish you a happy Christmas um, but honestly it's been brilliant doing the podcast the last few months uh, it's good that so many of you have got involved been on the show tell us what you think give us ratings honestly it's it's surreal having so many people care what us idiots have to say 
So, yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And, guys, thank you very much for coming on. Cheers. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.